1: Four Corners Podcast. This is Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you doing? I'm uh, doing good, Shad.
0: I'm doing yeah. good as well.
1: I am glad to hear it. I want to say thank you, everybody out there who is listening to us, and thank you for joining us for this episode. We're going to get our shout outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, Elbow collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four, Capital C, Corners, Capital PM Podcast. Save. Hey. 10% off your order. Other shout-out. I know I've been at this for a while, and I'm going to keep being at it for a while because I would really appreciate if you feel like donating. Um, folks in East Kentucky still trying to recover from the flood could use your help, whatever you could give. And if you feel compelled to give, go through the Apple shop, appalsho org, and um, they're going to take
2: care of folks. Our other shout-out goes over to Matt. Now that'd be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, Shad. Orlando Cologne is a very easygoing man. Yeah. He's very, very popular with people. Very gregarious. But sometimes things grind his gears.
0: Oh no! Grinding like, gears are like, yeah. um, like how because Disney can't like not sell merchandise that the Mandalorian and Grogu are back together, even though that's completely contrary to how they ended season two.
1: So um, it sounds would... like we're segueing into something with a particular person. <laughs>
0: yes. And yes. I want to know, why Why is he back with Grogu? Like, why? Why? Why can't they just? Ugh.
2: I, the first season of that show, at least the first episodes, I thought was like pretty good because it was basically just like a space opera retelling of Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. Like you, that, know, that you know old why it was good? Series. Because
0: no one cared about it. That's why it was good.
2: Yeah. uh but then it became popular uh I they did a lot they did some things with the second season which I hated because it's like e- enough like I've shared before like I it might be the most popular thing there's a lot of content with Star Wars and Jedis okay there's a lot there's a lot yeah and if that's your thing that's great they sh- you should go to this other content but uh can we have some shows that are not specifically Jedis or shoe hoarding in other Star Wars characters I don't need that yeah so uh, they started doing some of that in second season, and I didn't like it. I have not seen season three thus I, far. I've I, heard it's like the lowest rated of the three.
0: I have I've not heard great things about it. hmm uh, But you know what else, though, tells me how bad it's gotten at Lucasfilm is um, the reaction I've gotten to Indiana, Indiana Jones has just been kind of a quiet, like, reserve, like, this is going to suck, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, like, they're desperate, Uh, hey, look who the executive producers are, like, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. I'm like, they didn't even leave their house, guys, come on, we're not stupid. Yeah,
1: the executive producer credit is kind of a dead giveaway, it's like, oh. Yeah. You didn't,
0: you didn't, did you? But it's like, I don't need to see 96-year-old Harrison Ford, like, as Indiana Jones, like, like, is it going to be, like, in the 70s or something? I don't, I don't understand.
1: I I don't either. I don't pretend to understand. I don't
2: get it. It's Pedro Pascal. I think is just with this show Mandalorian. I hope that he's basically just like cashing a check at this point. The joke because Last of Us like has massively blown up. It's like that's that's oh, the show. To, st- that's, the, that's the show now. Like, you still you stole
0: my joke. The joke has been Mandalorian season three is doing so bad because Last of Us stole their Pedro Pascal thunder. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> if you haven't seen last of us i actually it, it's actually a pretty good show like yeah. it's it, it's a show that back in the day my wife before kids and everything my wife my wife and i actually we would do viewing parties Like we do like watch along parties with a group of friends of ours like of game of thrones before game of thrones like last season or two like really shit the bed yeah but that it's to me last of us is almost like it's like Game of Thrones in the sense that it is every week. It's like almost like must watch. And it is a show that I could easily see. You could do like watch, watch parties with people. uh, If that was your thing, it's a good show.
0: What was with that weird hit piece you linked us to against Jesse Ortega? That was really bizarre.
1: Oh, the Jenny Ortega, like, yeah, sorry. She was too into, she was too into playing Wednesday Adams. And it's like, I don't understand the problem.
0: Well, people were mad because she was like pushing back. She was doing the Henry Cavill thing where it's like, no, the character wouldn't do this.
2: Oh, and- Henry Cavill is, is notorious for that because Henry Cavill actually takes the roles he actually is passionate about. Or And he's the thi- Henry Cavill is always like a funny one to me because he's like he's such a, a nerd, but he's also like a Chad. He's like a <laughs> big bodybuilder, dude, like really attractive uh, has a longtime girlfriend, I think, but you know a lot of women are attracted to him, and he's just like the biggest nerd. He's, he's like, oh yeah, I, I paint my own Warhammer miniature. He's <laughs> such like, a dude,
0: he's such a Chad. He can do whatever he wants.
2: Basically, but he loves he he's that way. He's like, oh, okay, so in, in this one, Garrett's gonna do he's gonna sing. And he's like, whoa, whoa, no, no I, I I would not do that. Garrett would not do that.
0: Well, the big and one guess, the big one mm-hmm. is like they wrote like his horse dying to be like a joke mm-hmm. and he like totally rewrote that and like they like released like the original one tried to say like that he made it worse and people are kind of like, well, no, his was better.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the, the specific article, I think Brad, I think the specific article was that uh, the, in the, the recent Netflix Wednesday show, which is
0: pretty decent. Um, I enjoyed it, but I if...
2: haven't seen it. But that's that's become very popular to the point where Jenna Ortega is like, I'll keep, I'll keep using the phrase like blown up. It's like she's really become like quite popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's also I think she's doing screen, the screen the most recent screen movies too. Yeah, so she's, she, she she really has like a lot of going on in her career right now, and she's young. She's like early twenties, maybe like twenty one or something. I don't even. know like she might be twenty. Yeah, but but. But Wednesday was obviously like a a the character is you know very dour and it's funny I guess because she's uh can be so serious but it's it's there's a lot of humor involved in that I guess I haven't seen the show yet but it's a lot of humor involved in that because it's a lot of dry and she's morbid and things like that mm-hmm. uh and I guess in this like the right one of the writers or some of the writers Didn't were like having it. her be like girly girl like loving this dress. And and Jenna Ortega, to her credit, she seems like she might be, uh, have a little more on the uptake than some other actors. Well,
0: well, here's, here's, here's why though. She probably watched the like 1990 movie. Mm -hmm. And just by virtue of watching that movie, because if you, if you watch her, her, um, role, it's, it's pretty much like a tribute to Christina Ricci. Mm -hmm. But just by virtue of watching that movie, she had a, better grasp of the source material than the writers is what she She did
2: more homework. Yeah, I guess, but I guess in, in particular, she, the writer was like, I think the, the scene was that she wanted Wednesday to be like girling out over like a dress or something. And Jenna Ortega was like, yeah, no, like Wednesday Adams would not do this. Like she would be, she would not be like twirling around giddy over a dress. She would, that's not how her character would be and I guess it caused like some ruffled feathers and it's like no like the Jenna Ortega apparently gets the character right why it's troubling that the writers don't get the character because right. everyone's the actually supposed to be doing this I actually saw something else not related to the same story I saw something else like a story came out <laughs> and somebody commented on Twitter. The story was like, "Oh, Jenna Ortega, she's not, she doesn't have a very like online presence, meaning like she personally like doesn't do a lot of social media and stuff like that." And good for the her. Article, yeah, the article was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe it. like she's not she's not plugged into the internet like like she has a very offline presence." And the, a person wrote, like uh, commented on this article on Twitter it was like, "Oh, what? So she's normal? Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be terminally online." Which is true.
0: My favorite, my favorite when they were doing the Henry Cavill um, hit pieces is some writer was trying to like kind of say he was a sex pest because he wouldn't like they would have to justify to him like for him to like take his shirt off Mm -hmm. or and he wouldn't want like a bunch of people around and like she was trying to say that made him some sort of sex pest and it's like for for you know not wanting to get modesty yeah for not wanting to get naked in front of you like that seems kind of backwards
2: and uh, a recurring true joke like true true story like real life joke uh to me it's it's very funny but it's uh henry cavill did two netflix movies with uh, uh millie bobby brown the girl from uh stranger things
1: oh the um uh sherlock holmes
2: niece thing yeah, well, oh, I think um, it's actually Enola Holmes. It's yeah, supposed, my I wife think,
0: likes those.
2: Yeah, she's supposed to, I think, be uh, Sherlock's younger sister. Yeah. Oh. And, of course, the gimmick is that she also, like, solves mysteries. And so I guess he occasionally appears in the movies and, like – uh like because um, he plays – in the movies, he plays Sherlock Holmes. But I guess he, like, occasionally, like, mentors her and things of that.
0: Yeah, like, they that kind nature. of do – it's kind of – you know how some of those modern things like it kind of puts you on the defensive, but I watched a bit of it with my wife and she's kind of like doing her own thing and they just kind of like
2: intersect here and there. Yeah. And I think it, I haven't seen them, but from what I understand of them, they're like lighthearted. They're really I think they're really more made for like teens or preteens. So it, it's it's like family watching stuff. Yeah. Anyway, in real life, like. I, it seems as if Millie Bobby Brown might have like a little bit of a crush on Henry Cavill, which is not hard to, to imagine that because again he's like a very handsome man, yeah. <laughs> very like muscular and good shape, and she's all on like social media like Instagram whatever he would like post something, uh, and she'll always like be commenting, and he's just like very politely, but he's not a sex pest. He's very politely. It's like he's like no Millie, no. <laughs> I think <laughs> once once he like posted a picture of like a, a motorcycle he bought. And Millie was like, "Oh man, I can't wait to go riding on that with you." And he's like, "No, <laughs> did you, no, and we're not, we're not doing that." Did you see that?
0: Like, I think it was a TikTok with Undertaker and Michelle McCool.
2: So no, she's I seen that.
0: she's got like an Undertaker mask on, and she's doing the like rise up thing, like old school Taker. And he turns the lights on. He's like, "No one's gonna fall for that shit," and he just walks away. <laughs> and she's like, "What? I thought it was good." and before we get to the topic i do have to say one thing it's been it's been almost 25 years but thank god finally the mummy has been validated as a good movie as brendan Fraser gets an academy award
1: it always should have been validated as a good movie
0: i the sequels ruined it but you know
2: i don't generally care about uh oscars anymore because it you can really like game out what's gonna win, yeah. like probably oh, yeah. before the event. It, it's, they always like it's are whatever
0: leading. no one watched anymore.
2: Yeah, it's 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 very oftentimes like the way to win an Oscar is like be a very like, uh, Hollywood type of movie. Like if it glamorizes Hollywood, it's like yeah, yeah. that's the or it's like very superficial. I remember back in the day. I remember like a few years ago when uh, I think was it wasn't Ricky Gervais oh, who said that? It may have been a Award show, but he he hosted no, it. No, that was
0: the Oscars, I think. He oh, okay. He gave me. a whole
2: diatribe mm-hmm. of how like they're all like pieces of shit. Yep. And he's
0: like, just take your award and shut the fuck up and go, get away.
2: Yes, and that was yeah. like the most brilliant thing. He uh, um,
1: so it was uh, I think he even pointed out. He goes, if you make a movie about Nazis, you win an Oscar there now we've said it out loud everybody knows
0: i'm i the best joke i saw about the after the academy awards is i can't wait to see all these actors try and get fat to get an oscar now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah work for uh Charlize theron
0: but he's yeah. um oh and jamie lee curtis got one got the
2: nod too which i she deserved that too I'm glad, I'm just glad that Brendan Fraser won, because I don't care about the Oscars, but uh, he, he did win the Best Actor Oscar, and I'm I'm happy that he did, because he's, if you read a lot about his actual true life story, it's terrible, especially in, especially in the last, like, 20 years, like, basically, well, basically since The Mummy, like, mm-hmm. he, he legit has gone through, like, some hardship, because he essentially and,
0: got blacklisted for having the gall to get sexually assaulted by, uh, he's
2: someone. had a, a really bad, like, he had a really bad few years like he i guess because of stunts or something like that his back got all effed up Yeah. and then his wife like divorced him and then he got sexually assaulted by a per- hollywood producer and then got blacklisted for it and it's finally like yeah. he's crawled himself out of that
0: but remember remember there are moral betters
2: you know mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah also
1: his child support was based off what he made off of like the mummy and the mummy too so he couldn't he couldn't pay it it's like Uh, that that was like for those movies like
2: yeah not only that but again like he he his back was injured his back was messed up so it's like oh if you're making hollywood a-list money and all of a sudden you're in a position where it's like well no i can't actually work because i can barely even move because of my back then yeah it's like you're you're not going to be able to make that same amount of money
0: and you're and i mean you um I mean, I guess the claim would be existing, but you have to get in, like, one thing a year to keep your SAG insurance, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Because um, who was talking about – I think Kevin Nash was talking about that. That um, that's why you see wrestlers get these bit parts on an annual basis because the that's, like, the good insurance to get.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it was that's Nash talking about stuff.
1: that. Nash did – like that's why you saw Rob Van Dam in a Steven Seagal movie, and mm-hmm. yeah, oh my god! Like I, you can tell RVD's just there for the check, but it's Steven Seagal, Steven Seagalling everywhere, and it's awful. <laughs> but, it's it, it's like you 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 guys are supposed to be decked out in like military gear with M4s combing your way through something that's supposed to look like Mogadishu, but you can tell from the shots that Steven even Steven Seagal's every shot has it done that way so he can be sitting down to do the take.
0: I have to give Steven Seagal credit though. He did one thing that was truly amazing. Have you ever seen his Mountain Dew commercial? No. Okay. No. So he did a Mountain Dew commercial and these guys are robbing a convenience store and um he's just going to like the back to get a to get a Mountain Dew. And essentially by him going to get his Mountain Dew and going up to like the register he takes out all the criminals. And it's, like, poking fun at, like, how his, you know, he doesn't do anything in the movies. Guys just kind of, like, walk into his, his, you know, kicks and stuff.
1: So, there was, who was it that told this story? I, um, I can't remember who, somebody told the story of, um, about Steven Seagal and, uh, they it was something to the effect like they gave him a Razzie or something like that. And this person ended up sitting next to him on The Tonight Show is like and Seagal like leans over all pissed. He's like, what do they say? I'm hard to work with. And they're like, ah. Uh. and Jay Leno saves him and goes, well, you know, Stephen, they have to pick somebody and it's got to be a name that they'll recognize or else. You know nobody pays attention to, attention to him. He had to mollify. They, he mollified Steven Seagal by saying, "You're such a big name that people calling you an asshole gets them noticed." It's like the guy is such a prick. All right. Anyway, sorry. Um, speaking of things we don't like. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so a couple weeks ago, um, we did we did Shad's pet peeves. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be a series where um, we do each of our pet peeves. And I got the idea, and I might try to weasel him on or just have him give me a list. But I think we we'll, I'm going to have a friend of the show, Justin, do a list
2: mm-hmm. okay. for
0: us just for a bit of fun. And Justin, if you're listening, you can either come on or
2: just give me the list, either or. I'd love to have Justin on. I would too. He gets uh, he gets shy sometimes about that stuff. Been, it's, it's true. I've been
0: actively trying to like weasel him on for like a year and a half. So
2: I'll, I'll harass him because I talk to him literally every every day, yeah. <laughs> like all day long. We'll like message each other. We'll see what we can do then.
0: Yeah, but he's all. I mean, he has open he has open invitation for that, as does sure. Tim and Dames and Chris and, and Chris Mage Knight night mage yeah night mage and um alex and uh oh what's jt rock oh jr rock
2: jr rock and R. R.
0: duke also have um here's funny jr is
1: actually on his retirement tour right now 20 years in the business and his, this is his last year so hmm. good for him yeah man
0: but so this is tonight is my pet peeve so we have five plus a bonus one that I added because I forgot it in my initial thing. Okay. So we're going to start with the bonus edition one first. And that is um, old timers slash veterans using insider lingo like Mark's to describe fans.
1: It is um, it's really kind of unnecessary now, you know.
2: Well, I not to call him out, but I feel like the old show that we did with Duke, like he, he, I think a couple times he called fans like Marks, but, but I didn't take that as like, he actually was disparaging fans. I think he was just trying trying to like, that's kind of like maybe how, uh, if you're in the business, you sometimes refer to fans just because, you know. Yeah. But he also is kind of emphasizing and, something.
0: I think that the difference with Duke though, is Duke was also talking about, and Shad reiterated this a couple weeks ago is You know, he watches TV to see what people are doing on TV because you got to give people what they want to see. Yeah. And what they're familiar with. So I think, I think he might have said that, but he wasn't, he wasn't using it in the way that bothers me. Whereas, like, these old timers that think fans don't know anything about how it all works or, um, that kayfabe was like this thing into like the 90s like Lance Storm just went full blown idiot with Dave Meltzer about this like a couple weeks ago and Meltzer oh, yeah. like totally like oh shut like, him down oh owned him so bad that it was it was embarrassing for Lance
1: what Oh that? yeah. Well, Lance was talking if Brad checked me on this but I, th- I think I've got it. He was talking about
0: um it's when he well, brought up the 2020 election is like, man, you know, people even uh, thought wrestling was real for a long time. And Meltzer was like, people thought it was fake in the 70s and well before.
1: Yeah. And Lance was like, that can't be right. And Dave was like, it was like when Luthes came to me about doing his biography, we talked about it there and I just didn't have the time to do it. But, you know, the fact that he's like, no, no, no this this is. Not just a thing. It's been a thing for a long time. And, and, and when you say Thez is the one calling it out, like,
0: well, and and um, people were posting, it, and Lance, you know, was being dumb about it. They are posting. Um, the thing I've talked about is Groucho Marx and Wild Red Berry from like 1957. Yeah. And he's razzing him about wrestling being fake. But and then there were people talking about. There was one comment that I thought was really um, interesting where, and I think it's what they don't understand is this guy was talking about how he would go to the matches, I think in San Francisco, maybe. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, you know, they'd get really, really mad at the, at the, like just red in the face, mad at the heels. And then, you know, they do some bullshit finish and that same fan be like, oh, they're running this finish again. Yeah. And, um, I think what they don't understand and what a lot of people still don't understand is people being willing to play along for fun does not mean that you are, they legitimately think it's real.
1: Yeah. You're not an idiot for enjoying the show.
0: Yeah. Like if, but... if like if I'm at a show, um, this would depend on if I like you or not, but let's say you're a heel and you decide you want to screw with me. Like, you might get a reaction out of me, but you know I'm probably like just playing it up for the fun of it. Yeah. Probably. Now if I don't like you, I probably will just shut you down to make you look like an idiot. But I mean, I'm an ass. sometimes. You,
1: you just don't engage. Yeah. If if you really. So the way that I was uh, that I said, this is how I knew that everybody at the show knew that the the Sammy Roman thing didn't work. Was after the pinfall. Look what happened. Sammy's laying there, and Roman's sitting there in the ring, in the quiet, looking around like, shit. Like he ha- he very clearly had the
2: look on his face. Like, yep, this is not how it was supposed to go. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I I think Brad, you you mentioned it, and I I I had to actually see it like on like a replay. I had to to watch it. But yeah, like when Sammy loses, like the crowd, and it wasn't like there's four, like 200 people in the crowd, like thousands of people, yeah. tens of thousands, and the crowd just goes silent. And it's like I think again, I said this back in the day when we talked about, well, back in the day like a month or so ago when we talked about <laughs> <laughs> Elimination Chamber, but it, it really is the whole point of doing storylines such as. I'll say such as this, but really like storylines that go a long time and you build up a certain like heel. Uh, it really is like you need to have the, this big baby face giving them a comeuppance. It's like and that's that's definitely addressing But it's also like any sort of like narrative uh, thing. Like I'm Chad I'm trying to read through book one of uh, The Wheel of Time. Yeah, um, I, it's slow because I can really maybe at best do like a chapter a day. Yeah, uh, but I'm working my way through it and it's like you're this is just scratching the surface of like all the big overall storyline, but it's clear like you're establishing some villains, uh your heroes of the story. It's like you need to build up narratively. It's like okay, these are the heroes, this is the villain. Ultimately, mm-hmm. the heroes really need to be beating the villain or have some victories yeah. over the villain. Like you need to have yep. like that 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 whole format. It's like you're building up you have to build up the villains to make them impressive. To yeah. then have like the hero, when the hero finally defeats them or, or wins a battle against them, that actually means something. And in the context of the Bloodline storyline, we mentioned this, but it's like, okay, you're building up Roman all these months, months and months and months, it never ends. Is to have him lose to a babyface, but you should have them lose to a babyface that the crowd is the most emotionally invested in. And I'm sorry, like I, I guess if you've driven enough, driven off all of your fans, then yeah, you can you can have it be Cody, and Cody's not the worst choice because I'm I'm of two minds, one mind being like get the title to fuck off Roman, yeah, and the other one is like well Cody's actually perfectly fine, it's like
0: a no, but the you pro- know
2: as a big the, baby face that you want to push. But
0: I have it should have been Sammy. The problem I have with it is though, is is Cody is the safe choice that's not going to bring in any extra ratings any extra butts like he might sell some more merch but with sammy like he was pushing ratings he like people were coming to the shows to see him yeah um and and like and you can tell like you know what frustrates me with it though is uh like they they say that stuff about him not being a star and they don't want to put the the belt on him, but then they're using him as like a human shield to keep Cody from getting booed. It's like the shit they always do.
2: Yeah. It's just insane to me, just because all all really like the the fan heat is behind me.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, I've seen so many apologists on the internet, on Twitter, uh, and part of it has been. Like, oh, what what are you gonna do? You gotta have the Usos in a a WrestleMania match, and why can't it be like Usos versus Sammy and Kevin Owens? It's like
0: because no one cares about the Usos. That's why.
2: Yeah, people want to see Sammy versus Roman. Like they want to see Sammy get the big win over Roman. But okay, let's let's entertain this idea. You want the the Usos in a tag match? You somehow gonna be like, oh, the big payoff But the Sammy storyline is like. Sammy and KO versus the Usos and
0: but what I don't understand about that though is is um this is something Tony Khan can be guilty of but Triple H is super guilty of where where has Sammy and Kevin Owens ever had much of like an on air relationship on WWE TV that that someone that doesn't know their their indie history and like a bit of what they did in NXT like would care about like where where does that play in at all
2: uh it's Definitely, like, you need to know, like, the indie backstory to really appreciate it. But, again, if you want to entertain, like, okay, you have this, like, the tag team of Sammy and KO against the Usos. And, you know, there's some other babyface who is coming in, like, a couple months into a storyline that's been ongoing for months and months and months. And that's going to be, like, your big... Payoff if they if they actually like put the title on Cody, which I'm not I, I don't think it's like a for sure thing at all.
0: I, I think I, I think it, I think if the problem I have is the second Cody loses to Roman like mm. it's all over.
2: Well, he might lose because people have pointed out I I don't track this but people have pointed out oh well they want to give they, they potentially want to give Roman a thousand day reign. Like it fucking matters.
0: But he he doesn't that doesn't put him anywhere though. It doesn't even like put him in like the top.
2: No, it doesn't. at best they could say it's like, oh, it's like the the most impressive of the modern era. It's like, okay, well, who cares? But they they pointed out that the thousand day it, it he would hit a thousand days at or around the time of the next big Saudi show. And some people are theorizing like, oh well, you know, if the WWE actually was has been sold uh, to the Saudis secretly, then that's that's the point of like having have the Roman keep the title at WrestleMania, but lose the title to Cody at the, set, the Saudi show, because it'll be like this big thing, uh, big event, big notable thing for the Saudis, like the Saudi prince or whatever, at that show. And it's like I don't know that it even anything. I, who cares? Who cares at all?
0: Yeah, who, but. It's so, it's, you you talking about this, I'm just getting tired. Like, it's just, it's physically, it's physically exhausting me because I'm so, like, just put the
2: belt on someone else. I I said this back at the last, after the last WrestleMania, I'm like, I, when they unified the titles with him, I'm like, I don't care about this now. You want them to put it on Lesnar
0: just to, like, just to make it believable that Roman could lose the title.
2: Yeah, I, I'm like, I don't care about Roman. Like, I, I I don't like in general. I don't like characters. Like I don't like Superman as a character because it's like it, it, he's too powerful. It's like you, it's it's too much. It's like I, he's not. He doesn't. Superman. You have to have all these contrivances to have him believably even be vulnerable. So I don't like Superman as a character. So why, if you're booking Roman, who is a heel, if you're booking him like Superman, even though he's not quite because he's always like he's always cheating and yet somehow. The fans are acting like, oh, he's so dominant. It's like, no, he's not. He's cheating like every single big match. Regardless, I'm digressing. My point was that if you going to, you had all this contrivance, so Sammy's big payoff was a tag team match, and if you listen to what the dirt sheets are saying, it's not even going to main event. It's not even going to main yeah. event night one. It's he, like, really, all of that, all of that
0: for the big le- tag
2: match, and they're not even main event.
0: They're legit MVP from the last year plus. The only guy that's like gotten them any sort of like momentum in like years, and he's not even going to main event Mania. Yeah, it's 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 astonishing. It's astonishing. But speaking of stupidity, let's talk about my first um, non-bonus one. So this would be this is like a trope that I hate, and I think really got pioneered in the nineties. But the dumb baby face. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, God,
1: Uh, it's frustrating because. I nobody wants to see their hero be an idiot. You know, it, it, there's there's no benefit to that. What why why do you want to make it that the guy that people cheer for is a moron? Mm-hmm. And the best I can figure and this isn't necessarily saying much, but the best I can figure is that you had A case where it was like, you know, we want to, you know, we want to get heat on somebody here and that sort of stuff. But if they know what they're doing, we can't, we can't do that. So, you know, what are we going to do? And it's like, well, just, just have them miss it. Have them not pay attention. Have them not see it. It's like, but why? You know, it, it, the, a contrivance in most wrestling matches is that in most matches is that the face is better than the heel. The heel has to cheat to get the upper hand. There you go. There's your, your standard for so many matches over the years. There's your standard open, right?
0: You know, what's funny about that is, um, I just was thinking about some, like, I don't know if it was in relation to this, but just spots where like the heel could do things that, um, didn't make anyone look stupid. Like kind of like maybe kind of like, you know, how maybe beg off and then like or the eye. Yeah. Or or the other one I was thinking about is kind of do that, but then start bitching to the ref like you can't see because your contact lens came out. And when the face gets closer, just behind the ref's back, just like poke him right in the eye and go on the. Attack.
1: Yeah, it, there's plenty of ways to do it, but so many of them, so many people seem to default to the. Well, you have to be dumb enough to approach me when I'm obviously putting on. It's like,
0: why? Yeah. Or the other, the other ones I like is, um, <clears throat> again, it, this is also to not be the plexiglass referee. Like, like let's say Sting is coming in for the Stinger splash and the referee's a little close and the heel just like pulls the ref right in front of him. I mean, so that's a big enough move
1: that it makes sense.
0: Yeah, but it's not like the ref gets like, uh, like a <clears throat> it's not like they're a first edition wizard where a kitten could ki- one shot a one e oh, wizard.
1: Yeah. Oh that that persisted all the way up to D and D three five. Oh, a you could, could crit, kitten could crit for one d four plus one. Oh, that's right. The wizard had a one d four hit die, and let's be honest, how many wizards had uh, how many wizards
0: had uh, you know. Much con to use. That was like always my secondary stat as a wizard. Pump it into intelligence, and then get it in con because you need the points.
1: And you need it for concentration. But yeah, you know, if if you didn't roll great, then you know what's going to happen. Well, you know it it you it very well could happen. The kitten could kill you. <laughs> so, it, but yeah,
0: that the kitten kitten misses the ball of yarn. Get your toe, you're dead.
1: Yeah, you're done. Um, but yeah, I, I, I talked about that in the Beach Blast thing
2: about Sting not actually being an idiot most of the time. I love that. I mean, we this well, to talk about Cody. Um, and this is something that I think was like really great, like back when Cody was with AEW. Uh, this is way, way, way back when when Jericho was champion. Yeah. Um, and Cody was challenging for the title. He messed up because he like. He lost that because that it didn't work out for him to to win the title at that point. But he yeah, like had that dumb stipulation. It's like, oh, I, I can never challenge that, again that
0: that that title. The the funny thing about that is that is actually what caused his downfall in AEW and for him to leave.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, there are a few things, but that's that's probably the biggest one. Yeah. But I I did love in that feud like Jericho was in you guys remember like Jericho was in like the press box of a of a Oh yeah, and he punched out the glass. Well, well, yeah. And, and Cody was down in the ring and Jericho's like mocking him as heels do. And Cody, it's a subversion of that dumb babyface trope cuz usually like with WWE, especially you'd see WWE, it's like the the babyface might be in the ring. And from somewhere else backstage somewhere like in the rafters, or something like the the heel will like mock him and like the baby face just has to take it like a geek standing at the ring and look like a chump. Yeah, but Cody was like, yeah, this isn't like that other company. Yeah, he, like, he said that other company like referencing the WWE, which is obviously ironic that he went there. Uh, but he's like, oh, I'm not this is that other company like there's nothing to stop me. There's, there's no, no like, invisible, invisible line. Yeah, Yeah. there's no There's a line that stopped me from going up there and kicking grass. And he went up there and he he beat the shit out of Chris Jericho that
0: that that gave us the classic. I have a ticket.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um. That and that sequence was great because it was Cody was not an idiot. And
0: and he had friends, too.
1: Yes, that is one thing. One thing that AEW does that I really, really appreciate is the fact that it is okay for a babyface to have friends. They are not always rolling solo and then getting outnumbered. You know, they 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 come in and they got buddies. They got people watching out. Even if even if they get one pulled over on them, they don't look like an idiot for going out by themselves unless the match well, stipulates
0: you it. You know what? You know what was interesting when we watched it was um. That Memphis match where, like, I think it was Tommy Rich and Eddie Gilbert versus Rick Roode and someone else. Oh, and Jim Neidhart. And that just sent it into a giant brawl. And, like, people were coming out, and they weren't even necessarily coming out to help anyone. They were coming out because someone they had a grievance with was out there, and they just thought, eh, why not? Like, this is a good time to get some shots in on them.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, I might as well,
0: you know. That's the one I always liked where, um, they only did it a couple times, but like those WCW nitros were like, everyone just had enough and the, like the locker room would just clean out at the end and just beat the ever loving shit out of the NWO.
1: I loved those.
0: Like you even have jobbers like over there, like just wailing on guys.
1: Yeah. I-, I loved those. Uh, when those happened. Cause it's like, don't you figure they finally have taken enough you know, had enough.
0: Yeah, it only happened two or three times, but they were always glorious when they would have Mm -hmm. those happen.
1: Yeah. Yep. And again, it's it. There's nothing wrong. Faces having friends is a good thing. You know it.
0: The other one I hate though is they and they've gotten really bad and lazy about this in modern tag wrestling, but the dumb like oh the heel provoked you and oh, I came in and like that lets you get heat on the the faces or, oh, I did it right when he was about to get the tag. Like they really do that poorly.
1: It's been done so much that I think people get lazy. And when they do that, they don't, you know, they don't take care to do a good job with it. And when that happens, then it ends up looking bad because it's like, well, you know, why? Um, you as a heel, you really need to do something to say, "Hey, this is you know this would be enough to actually draw the other guy in the ring. Did I come over and take a swing at you? Yeah, you are coming in the ring at that point. that makes sense, but if if I didn't, if I just walked over at you and like raised a remote to, a toothpick at you, like are you coming in the ring for that
0: i I also you know they really. AEW's gotten a little better, but I miss like the heels don't do like the cheap tags anymore. Like the oh, blind yeah. tags or the the other one I like that's kind of a lost art is um the heel coming in and they don't even bother, but he just claps his hand because the ref's not looking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then comes in or the one where he just smacks him on the back and like lets himself in. Like there's like those yeah. cheaper ones that um I really miss. Or and that's another one I bitched about during the heart bulldog thing is like the heel and Regal was really good at this, like the heel pin where he like just takes his forearm and shoves it in the guy's face just because he's being a dick while he's pinning him.
1: A good old rough neck.
0: Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's one I have now. The next one we're going to call the, the HBK slash Johnny Gargano special, but this would be the self-conscious, um, self-aware epics that are, that have plagued wrestling for a good, like 20 years now.
1: Mm-hmm. So when you say self-aware epic, let's define the term a little bit more.
0: Okay. So if you, if you want to look at one, like let's, it's so melodramatic would be a word I would use right off the bat, but like, um, a good example of this would be like the, the second and third Johnny Gargano, Chompa matches, uh, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair at Mania. Shawn Michaels and Undertaker at Mania. Um, the the first like Shawn Michaels return match against Triple H. Um, I just had one in my brain. I think like the 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 Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano matches. Well, I'm really shitting on the two of them a lot, but they're very <laughs> guilty of it. But they're the they're the they're the well, we're gonna go forty minutes because, you know, Because we need to, and, you know, everything we're doing is just so important. And, like, go ahead. And, like, this doesn't make sense, but, you know, it adds drama. I
1: did not have uh, much of a problem with, uh, you know, Taker, Michaels, Taker trips. You know, Michael's return, that sort of... Like, I didn't really have a problem with those.
0: It's but, a template they created, though.
1: Yeah, that's that's a, that's entirely fair. In that we have this... We now have this whole big... Um, like, we're going to go out there and we're going to... We hate each other so much, we're going to tear the house down kind of thing. It's like... Yeah. Did... Really? If you guys hate each other so much, shouldn't you be wanting to have like a really nasty gimmick match or real? I mean, you know, really wanting to to, um, I don't know, you know, really wanting to hurt each other instead of just being like, oh, you know, I'm going to take you to the limit. And it's going to be, you know, can you can you Um, the the Punk Joe, uh, the three match series where it was like, oh no, we're gonna we're gonna do this for an hour. Um, like those irritate me as well because it's like, you know, come on, seriously. Like your your story is that that Joe has never gone for an hour, so I'm gonna take him to an hour and <clears throat> still lose.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I think um I think a good counterpoint to this in in the the, the the anti-self-conscious epic is like the Dustin-Cody match.
1: Can you explain why, please?
0: Because it's organic. Like they, they just do things that hate each other. There's blood. Like A self-conscious epic with like Johnny Gargano or Michaels are not going to have the, the part where Dustin gets the whip and he just pulls Cody's pants down and just starts belting him in the ass with it. Or there's like the the part where they're punching each other on the ground and like Dustin just like I don't even know if he did on purpose, but there's like a part because they're brothers and Dustin just kind of puts his hand on his back. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's like a very like touching thing in the middle of this. But like that one just is two guys that have beef, like just giving it their all in the ring.
1: It's okay. I I wanted to clarify what you meant by that because every now and then it feels we can kind of get into the weeds on stuff, and so I wanted to make sure that we were being clear about about. Uh...
0: It felt authentic. It did not feel like this production. Like we're gonna do everything to be as good as possible. Where Dusty and Cody Cody felt like it was. Look, we're just gonna we're just gonna throw like seething hatred and like. Everything into this, and like you're gonna blade, and we're just gonna go from there, mm-hmm.
1: so the first gargano Champa match would not qualify
0: no that that one turned into a lot of diminishing returns, especially the the wily e. coyote ending to the third one
2: uh, yeah, my wife doesn't again, she doesn't watch wrestling, she doesn't really like wrestling. I thought about using this. It's kind of similar to yours, Brad. So I, 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 ultimately don't think I will. But I love like how you're pointing out like the NXT stuff because to me it's like that's something that she was like. I hate when matches like are way too long. And to me it's like she's saying that. It's like it's it's a little more involved than that. But I really don't like what basically became like the self-masochistory. The, like, the NXT every, style.
0: The every takeover, oh shit, it's 9.15 and the main event's starting, like, here we go.
2: Yeah, it's like, I, it, it really is, like, I don't need this match to be 45 minutes. Yeah. And have approximately 58 near falls.
0: It's the, mm-hmm. it's also the, it's also the, you know it's coming and you're just like, well, like, I guess I'll just go make a sandwich maybe take a dump like, well, you know, like it's good. This is going to go pretty long. I think I'm going to go drive to Wendy's and come back and I can catch the last 20 (laughs) minutes of this fucker. Like that's Mm. like, that's like a self-conscious epic. Like we're going, we're going like 40 minutes because that's what big important matches do. Whereas Cody and and Dustin were like, what do you think we need for this? 15 minutes? Yeah, let's go 15 minutes. And the The... difference between that too is, what makes Cody and Dustin so special are the timing of the comebacks and, like, the actual the actual nuts and bolts of the match, which are not things that people in self-conscious epics think about. And what's really the Dustin special is, like, the timing of his comebacks is what made that so good. And, like, the hope spots and everything.
1: That Dustin has the more we have watched especially through our dangerous alliance series the more we have watched the more i have appreciated that dustin is so good at doing more with less and he does not have to do a million billion things to to get you involved to get you into it you know he's yeah okay he's got his standard spots so does everybody but he doesn't have to do you know A million things. And and if if in to be fair, to be fair, the um, thing that I think is a very fair criticism of AEW is that you have too many people trying to do this very thing on like regular TV matches. Mm. I don't need like the dramatic kick out three times in a TV match, okay? It's like the kick out and the the guy doing the the fall like flops back on the Mac and sits up and he like does the slack jawed like holding up three fingers and the ref's like no it's two and he's like but 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 I thought it was... we don't need that
0: every time
1: okay no, no. We...
0: and um, and, what I hate about that is I really liked remember when we watched the um, we didn't do it on the we didn't talk we talked about it a bit on the podcast we didn't review it for the podcast but the the, Mon- the Monami Toyota versus um, versus Aja Kong match where she would hit those moves and the ref would count two and she'd like she'd kind of give him the three look and then she would just have this disappointed like oh god we like she won't like she won't go down there wasn't this big argument or like over like stated exaggeration there was just kind of this like oh god like I just want this to end <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a better thing to have a um, – to have someone in a match when you do a spot and the spot doesn't get the win. I think it's better to have the response be like, all right, that wasn't three, and the ref's like, no, that was two. And you go, all right, let's do something else. You know, you just kind of sit there and you're like okay. – if if the guy's sitting in the, in the ring and he looks at the ref and he goes three and the ref goes two and he goes – and he just kind of sits there for a second and he goes, he kind of nods. It's like, okay, here we go. You know, yeah. we're going to do something else. Like that. You know, it's terrible.
0: You know I would terrible much rather have that. I just remembered something I w- I'm meant to mention when we were talking about, I think the Ricky Morton, um, big Josh match, but also with your lazy mat work complaint is, okay. um, I just remembered cause Ricky Morton did it that match when, when you're doing mat work yelling at the ref to ask them, they do that in Japan a lot more. Liger did that a lot because he'd have a guy in a hole. He'd be like, come on, ask him, ask him.
1: OK, I um, <clears throat> I have known some people that did that.
0: So I think but that makes it more interesting. I think adds an element of realism. But I, I meant to mention that for an example of non-lazy.
1: I got stuff. You. I got you. Yeah. But, but yeah, it, well, I mean, there's some stuff. All right. It's hard to put this into words because this isn't my pet peeve, but it it feels like sometimes it. The word I'm looking for for is is try hard. You it's, are being so try hard to have this big memorable thing that, as you said, Brad, you take all the organic stuff out of it.
0: It's um, it's kind of like um, it's this is this is a callback to legal precedent, but it's kind of like the legal pr- idea of what obscenity is is where you know it when you see it hmm yeah that's kind of what the self-conscious epic is in my mind like it's hard to describe but like you get a whiff like you know when like they're doing it yeah, yeah. like you know when they you know when the hand starts going in the pants like in the first 10 minutes and it's like okay guys like stop <laughs> it's like when they slowly start like going for the tube like the the lotion
1: yeah mm-hmm
0: like, that's... When, it's just like, come on, guys. Like, just stop. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. And in in the being fair, yes. AEW does this sometime, too. I wish they didn't. I don't like that. But... It's not... It happens more often, but if th- I feel like it's not as egregious. It's
0: not as egregious as NXT was.
1: So okay okay um,
0: so so this one this one I think is gonna hit shad in the feels a bit oh no. to the next one so guys not wrestling like their character or um to their body type so this is this so let's let's go for body type first so if if you're in wrestling you weigh hundred and fifty pounds, never do a lariat unless it's for a comedy spot where it's gonna fail epically
2: I think that if you're doing like a comedy gimmick, like some stuff can make sense. Uh, for example, the thing that immediately comes to mind is like, like Hurricane Helms mm-hmm. yeah. uh, was never like a big guy. And obviously he was pretty much a light heavyweight his entire career, but what he was doing, when Shane Helms was doing like Shane or Gregory Helms, depending upon like what dumb gimmick they gave him. Like when he was being like Hurricane Helms, he would do like a choke slam. It's like, well, he's a smaller guy, Like he should not be doing I, like a choke I slam on the like, Rock, for example, Rikishi.
0: I think the rock's the only person he ever successfully choke slammed.
2: Okay. But I mean, if, if, if he was going to do a choke slam on like Rikishi or, or big show or something like that, it's like, okay, but that's like, it's a comedy gimmick. It's comedy.
0: Like, yeah. So yeah. it
2: makes, it would make sense to do that. But I, I, I would agree. Like you shouldn't certain body types, certain guys like should not be doing that. Cause it's, Again, you're supposed to have this element of spend disbelief, but it's like sometimes it's a little harder than other times to yeah. spend disbelief when you're doing something like so unrealistic.
0: And it's like yeah. if you if you're 450 pounds mm. and you can do like a moon or a 450 splash, like you don't have to. Like no. you're not getting anything out of it. And also, like to go to the character thing, so Silas Young is a guy I have a real issue with because Silas Young is like his. His gimmick is kind of like the last real man. And if you see his gimmick in the way he talks and stuff, like, but then he wrestles. He doesn't wrestle like the character because he's doing like flippy shit. Mm
2: -hmm. And it's like,
0: it's like if you're if you're selling yourself as this like tough guy, like you're the last real man, like this old school, like man's man. Like the most complicated thing you should do is a dropkick.
1: Or because, the most getting up off, the most jumping thing,
0: yeah. I guess. but it's like it's like if you're if you're if you're like selling yourself is like we'll just use an example just because I was making we were joking around about this a couple of days ago. But let's say let's say you're selling yourself that you are a backwoods hillbilly that just like you know the the stereotypical gimmick. Let's say. No one wants to see you go in there and do, like, uber-technical, like, catches, catch can like, wrestling. Like, they want to see you brawl and, like... Do power stuff. Yeah, power stuff. They don't want to see you, like, do heel hooks and, like, leg locks and grapple and stuff because it doesn't fit your character. Like, do do a different gimmick.
1: The, um... You said this would hit me in the feels. It kind of does because I... I was guilty of this. I was taller than everybody else on the roster, but I was not throwing power moves and I should have been. And for some reason I could not, I couldn't tell you why, but I could not get it through my head that it's like, Hey,
0: you're one of the biggest
1: guys here. Act like it. Um,
0: and I know that sounds weird. Shad's still mad at me because we were talking about something once and, um, I told him he should have done the famouser, and he's been stuck on that for like a year. It, it's
1: well, it's true, and I even, also
0: even asked Duke um, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I did. I was like, Duke, I gotta ask ask you about something. He goes, What's that? I said, So, uh, you know, back when with you, what would you have thought about this being a finish? And he goes, Yeah, you you tall, you got long legs. That would have been really good for you. And I was just like, Shit, I can't believe I never thought. Like I never did comedy stuff. I should have done comedy stuff. I never goofed off. If you know me personally, you know full well that goofing off is something that uh is you know, comes very naturally to me, you know. Um I, I, I never did any of that and I should have. And oddly enough, Brad brings it up. I should have done a goofy hillbilly gimmick and had fun with it. But I didn't. You know, I without even knowing about it, I could have done the uh, the Mark Briscoe thing I and mean, been standing in the ring and gone. I saw this in a movie, hi, yeah, and like throat thrust somebody, but I never did it. And it's just, I didn't, I didn't work to, I didn't work a power style like I should have. I did a very striking style because I was defaulting back to my martial arts training and that's what I felt comfortable with. I never, like, I didn't do this stuff, and it, in hindsight, it, it bugs me a lot.
0: I'm trying to think of someone else that's guilty of this. Well, Seth Rollins is really guilty of this, actually. I, I know I attack him a lot, but he frustrates me because when he turns heel, he still wrestles like a face. Oh, yeah. Because this is this is strongly my opinion, and I think it's true. If you are a heel, you should intentionally be less flashy and a little more boring. You can
1: still be flashy, but you don't just give it away.
0: No, and and Uh, you should be a dick about being flashy. Like when you're being flashy, it should be about showing the the face up.
1: When Pac was in um, NXT, I thought he was very good about it um, because he would he would do he was like, oh, yeah, I do the uh, you know, I do the red arrow. Not all the time, but I do you know, I can do it and he wouldn't he just wouldn't do it all the time. And therefore, um, you know, when he busted it out, it's like, oh, he, you know, he's taking this seriously. But
0: there was a funny spot at a Chikara show. So Archibald Peck, who is, um, oh, R.D. Evans, is that who he is, Matt? Mm-hmm. So they were doing like a yeah. typical like diving pileup, and he went because it was his turn. And so his his gimmick at this point, Shad, was he was in a marching band. OK, so he goes like he's going to do his dive and then he stops right at the ropes and he starts doing his little marching thing around the ring. OK. And there was one where they're doing something and Chuck Taylor like went to splash someone and he did the ugliest fucking like laziest thing over the top rope just to be an asshole about it. <laughs> I
1: love it. That's excellent.
0: I, or like even. um. I think I've seen guys do it before too, like where they do like they run around like they're gonna do something like really fancy and they just like kick the guy or something
1: yeah yeah i've I've seen that um for the life of me, I can't remember who, but I've seen it it it's kind of like what the the bucks do to set up for the um you know with the the Adam Cole spot is ropes 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 rope, and then they stop and do the little photo op thing,
0: yeah. There was one in Chikara. I don't remember, where, like, they did that and the guy kept running the ropes, running the ropes, running the ropes, the other guy just, like, makes him stop. Yeah. But, you know, there's, um, you know, stuff like that, or even, like, um, Oleg the Usurper was really good about wrestling, like, his character. Okay. He's the guy, you've seen the video, he's the guy that murdered Dragon Dragon.
1: I can't forgive him for that. He murdered Dragon Dragon, who was a huge dragon.
0: Actually, it was funny. He um, I was at a show once, um, the Chikara show, and I was on the front rope and he did like that one of those like cannonball splashes onto a guy off the apron mm-hmm. and he pops up from that and he literally jumps on top of the guy next to me and yells like screams right in his face like I did it.
1: No.
0: And they went back <laughs> to the match. OK, but it was hilarious. But he wrestled like he wrestled like he was a fucking barbarian. Like, his move was he would scream off with his head and then he would just clothesline them right in the head.
1: Right. And it's like... I mean, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, like... I mean, the, we all laugh at the Berserker now, but, you know, he kind of... did it. Cuss. <laughs> <laughs> or you know who was... You know who... Here's two great examples of guys that wrestled like their characters. Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I'm... You know, I think I've heard... Some people say it's like, you know, Brody could do the other stuff if he wanted to, but why would he? It wouldn't make any sense for him to do that.
0: He did occasionally for like title matches and stuff. Okay. Or even like Flair wrestled like his character.
1: Well, yeah, I, well, you, you can, we can say that. it. The thing is that Flair's thing was so defined by, you know... It, It was so integrated. His ring style was so integrated into to his gimmick that you don't you don't think about it that way, you know.
0: Or even like Mick Foley, you wouldn't want to see Mick Foley doing like extended mat work.
1: He did that very, very rarely. Um, He knew how, but he did not do it very often.
0: I think sometimes, like I think sometimes, it is good to like throw that in there for like the sake of the story of a match, just to like mm-hmm. kind of throw everyone a curveball, but not often. Yeah, like I think I think it's fair. Like if you're if you're a brawler guy and like the guy comes like let's say screws his knee up in the turnbuckle, like attacking his leg, which is out of character for you, is a fair deviance from your from your repertoire because it's opportunistic and situational.
1: Yeah. And it's it, that's not about, you know, oh I do technical stuff. It's oh I see a weakness, I'm going at it. Yeah. It's a very different thing.
0: And like even um but even like I've talked about that before too though. It's like even if you're stealing a guy's finisher like them kicking out of it and stuff, you know, or doing things that you're not normally doing like making it part of the match that you're not great at it, I think is Mm -hmm. worthwhile. Sure.
1: Matt, I'm sorry. I'm talking an awful lot here and you're not getting a word in edge wise.
2: No, no, it's fine. You're good.
0: Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to burn this all down and get us in trouble with the next one. And I think Matt's (laughs) going to have opinions on this one
1: so i'm gonna go get a sandwich is what i'm yeah <laughs> you might want to
0: you might want to disavow this one so the obnoxious overpraise of north american women's wrestling
2: i'll lift a food in the oven guys yeah. i'll be back in a minute so the, i'm starving over here yeah. Earl, we got a sandwich in the back <laughs> so
0: where, where, where this one bothered me recently was we just talked about it was what they're gonna put charlotte versus Rhea ripley it's possibly the main event for night one and people are upset about that, but other people are like, well, the women need a main event night, and it's like, but they didn't earn a main event this year. Like, there's been years, like when Bianca and Sasha had one, and um, the three way. It's like, yeah, they they earned that one, but like, no, they don't. They don't deserve to be in the main event just because they are women. Like, especially when like that whole division is that cold. But even where I get annoyed is like. Every year, the women's rumble is good, and then you watch it, and it's like, uh, that wasn't very good.
2: They, they do that, and I, I really actually find that it's pretty much like WWE fans
0: mm-hmm.
2: because yeah. AE, AEW fans uh, have actually been quite critical of women's wrestling.
0: I think over, uh, cri- over critical, honestly.
2: Yeah, uh, well, of AEW women's wrestling because I think right now, like. AEW women's wrestling for time wasn't great, but now it's no. it's actually gotten quite good.
0: That that uh, narrative, I feel like the narrative that the AEW division is bad has, is like a year and a half out of date, almost two years out yeah. of date at this point. And I I would argue, I would argue especially since Triple H took over WWE that the, the AEW has a better women's division currently. Yeah,
2: it's a, it's 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 pretty good. Um, Impact fans, in so much as they have fans like they don't really talk about the women's division i feel like they're
0: they probably have the best of the three currently honestly they because they usually have jordan grace kicking around diona perrazzo um
2: they still have mickey james
0: yeah mickey james they had um they had emma until you know the fed signed her back and Mm. immediately like squandered her
2: uh, they have like good, they have like promise there? They, they, um, Joshelle Shaw is like pretty good. Uh, Killer Kelly, we're gonna sign with them. She's very good. Yeah. So that there's promise there. But the point is like WWE fans, they kind of, they're kind of like almost like obnoxious with the praise over yeah. not really very good stuff. Look, live. Uh, Liv Morgan, I I like her in the sense that she seems like in like she genuinely is like a very pleasant person. Yeah. Uh, and I think she's she's a lovely person. Not just like I mean like she might be like a good person. I mean like she's very attractive. She's and she seems very nice, but she'll do like a fucking clothesline, and then it'll be like a discourse on Twitter. It's like oh my god, she is her amazing generational. It's like she did a basic spot guys. Like she, she did it. Okay. Like she didn't injure anyone, but they'll act as if like, she's the best thing ever. And it's like, uh, I don't know about that guys. Like she did. Okay. Was it the IVP
0: video guy that had that tweet about Paige slash, uh, um, whatever her name is now. Um, about how we need to have a conversation about how she's not actually good, and people only think she's good is because she was like the first one that came up that wasn't a diva that didn't like totally suck. Was that him? I don't remember, and we we looked at that and we were like, well, yeah, she was bad by the time like Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and Sasha came up. but um, yeah, it's like but I think the the other problem I have with it is, when people get super deep into like overpraising that stuff, it's like you guys never watched Yoshi, did you?
1: I, I was gonna say uh, for just a second, um, the whole Soraya thing with with you know being so great and everything. I I don't know who who it was that said that, but I I wholeheartedly agree with them. Like the only thing I see her do on AEW TV is uh scream about whose house it is and oh, it's geez. like it's like look the number of people whose names are on the mortgage for this place is outlandish
0: yeah uh, <laughs> i think i will say oh okay oh, well i was gonna say this is this is more directed at shad but we've watched i know three that i can think of off the top of my head joshi matches so we watched these are ones i know of. so we watched azumi versus starlight kid um the mm-hmm dump Masamoto versus Bull Nakano and then we watched um Surrey versus Utami. So Shad, you 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 remember those. Can you think of many WWE or North American women's matches that touch any of those for quality of work and like the execution and psychology and all that stuff.
2: Oh no, absolutely not. I almost feel like it's it's unfair though, because like not this is obviously not like Respective of everyone, but a lot of church workers, like, they start at, like, 12 or something. Like, they, yeah. they have, like, by the time they reach, like, even, like, 24, they're, like, they're veterans. And they've actually, they noticed this on AEW television recently, like, Riho, it was a Riho match, Riho versus, like, Emi Sakura. Uh, Emi Sakura, who actually, like, trained Riho. Mm-hmm. But they noted, like, oh, uh, Riho is 25 but she's been wrestling since nine. Like she has 16 year pro. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like she, yeah. you sh- nine year olds really shouldn't be wrestling, but I mean, yeah. they're obviously in, in, in Japan, you can do that because when they're that young, they're super protected in the sense that they're not going to have a nine year old go out there and do like dangerous spots. No, they, what yeah. they do
0: is they don't, you don't see it as much in stardom because it got bigger, but you like when they were 12 or 13, like, in like 2015 or 2014, you would just see, it'd be like a six, it'd be like a six man. And like, it would be five students and their trainer out there. And, you know, a couple of them would be teenagers, but they would just really just be throwing spots out there and -hmm. just having like some five or seven minute sprint where they would all just kind of run in, like hit their spots and someone would win. And there might be a little bit of psychology, but it's more like, Hey, we're in a ring. Like, through the moves you know how to do in there so we can you know you can get good at like doing them
1: Mm-hmm. frankly that's a really good way of getting people used to being in the ring yeah. too
0: and then their their trainers out there calling all the shots like their trainer would always be on one of the teams
1: mm-hmm. It's i mean that if, if you had the opportunity to
2: do that in the u.s i would i would say that would be great for everybody yeah it but I, that's my point it's like it's kind of unfair to be like, oh, they're Joshi's better. It's like, yes, they are. Like they, they actually well and truly are, but not even
0: close. Like a mediocre Joshi worker would be like far and away better here.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to get more into stardom. Uh, I watched a stardom show from, I believe, 2022. Uh, and even like I've watched, I've, I'm, Watch more like Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestling, and a couple of the like the, the more uh, undercard matches, undercarders. It's like uh, uh the starter match in particular was like uh, Waka, who I mean the gimmick there is that she never wins.
1: Yeah, she never she's wins. good. <laughs> she's
2: uh, but it was like she's actually it was like a, it was a match that like, of course she lost. But it was actually like a really good match. It's like she's actually very, very good as a worker. Uh, even like Tokyo Pro, it's like you see undercard workers. And I was watching them. And I know you like it, it. It's it's always like, oh, the fundamentals. The fundamentals. Like, no, I'm watching like some of these workers, these like female Joshi workers. And it's a match that's like a not important match it's just it's kind of there it's like they're, it's there to entertain the crowd whatever but the actual work rate from them like the fundamentals and everything it's like it's as solid as can be and it's like this is actually like they're doing really good work and I mean, it's a nothing match I, I they're I doing really good work because they're so well trained and like they actually are very very competent in what they do
0: i, I kind of mentioned that once though and shad might be able to back me up on this but like the workers where their gimmick is like they're literally incompetent in the ring are actually really good mm-hmm. workers because you have to be really good at your job to, like, work being, like, bad at it.
1: You have to know enough yeah. in what you're doing to make it appear that you don't know what you're doing.
0: Yep. And To subvert, like, to subvert people and, like, oh, I'm going to do, like, I'm going to chop someone in the corner, like, oh, man, I'm getting tired or... Oh, I'm going to go do this suplex. Oh, I just dumped myself on my head because I suck at this. Like, things like that.
1: You've got to know how to do that safely. And that's not... Like, you have to be good enough and have gone through the paces enough to be able to do it, to do it safely. It's... it's, it, It seems weird, but... It's like Norm MacDonald didn't, as a comedian, didn't tell jokes. Norm MacDonald told, like a lot of anti-jokes. Yeah. But he knew what he was doing. If he had wanted to do the regular stuff, he could have done a great job at it. But that's just not what he liked doing. And he didn't have it's,
2: to.
0: Now I'm going to defend it's, North it's, America
2: as next. An aside. Wait, hang on. What were you saying, Matt? Yeah. Well, as an aside, shot, it's become like a meme. Yeah. Because uh, there was a real-life thing that Norm did uh, a little while before he died. He was like... I think he's doing like a podcast or something. And there's 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 a video clip of him doing this out there, but it's like he's like it's he, he's acting as if like he he's ignorant of uh world history. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah oh, yes, this guy at Hitler looks like he was Chancellor of Germany nineteen thirty. Let's see. wait, wait a minute. Well this guy didn't like Jews. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's really comedic because he's obviously like shit. <laughs> he didn't like Jews. But that's yeah. become like a meme because now whenever someone says something that's really obvious or like uh, you know they they're doing it in a facetious way, they'll post like a Norm Macdonald picture and be like, wait a minute, that that's Hitler funny. guy didn't
1: like Jews. Yeah, it. it You have to be very good at what you're doing to be able to get away with with that kind of foolishness.
0: So now my one defense of North American um, women's wrestling is, I have said it recently, not on the show, but I do think Willow Nightingale is the best face act going in wrestling today.
1: I'd agree with that. I think Willow's got to... Not only is Willow really good in the ring, but she she has a handle on basically her whole gimmick, like yeah, and she just she just seems to enjoy what she's doing so much.
0: Well, and she's got a good combo that I think is a rarity in in wrestlers to begin with. Though she's really she's really a good seller. She's very sympathetic, um, but she has she's really strong. So when it's time for her to go on offense. Like she can really just go to town on someone because she's kind of a brute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it makes her comebacks extra impactful because when she's like about to get going, it's like, oh, yeah, she's about to she's about to wreck some shit.
1: I also and this is going to sound so silly for me to say it, but I love the fact that she does the straps down on her gear right before she does the doctor bomb.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like, but that's actually, so when, um, Jim Cornette and Brian Hildebrand did the, the Ninja Turtle one, okay. um, Brian Hildebrand did the, the drop the strap by dropping the shell. Oh, really? Yeah. That's actually out there. It's, it's pretty funny and it's a pretty good match. God bless that guy. Cause, um, one thing that people don't really know about Jim Cornette is when Jim Cornette works, he actually has like astonishingly good worked punches
1: i learned from bobby eaton and bobby Eaton threw some of the best work punches out there
0: yeah but that's like one of Cornette's like big strengths like as a worker but it's it's out there it's 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 pretty funny um but yeah i, I like will it will is probably my favorite thing and i'm enjoying the athena run and roh right now
2: oh one of the best heels like this is it's it's I would say it's kind of revitalized her career. Like she's really found her groove.
0: Yeah. And it really has, like, honestly, like she's been, she's been great in that role. And I think, I hope that they're going to keep her and Willow kind of as the, the main like nemesis of each other because they work really well together. That, mm-hmm. that match they had on TV two weeks ago was really strong.
2: Yeah. Uh, let me go back like a minute. Uh, I, I, don't really care for Soraya uh, or you know show shows in the WWE, but I do I do think that they were clever and that they did turn that whole like WWE or outsider mentality uh, versus AEW originals and that yeah, yeah it's like an ongoing feud yeah. with the women and you could argue it's like well they shouldn't even be doing this like this storyline's like not good for AEW. But I do think that if you're going to do something with them, it's kind of clever to be like, oh, the the originals, the AW originals versus like the outsiders, I think makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah, I I think people are speculating um, and I wouldn't be surprised if this happened. They're speculating that this is all eventually going to lead to a uh, women's blood and guts match.
0: Mm. We'll see. Okay. I I do like, um, it's one thing that AEW does well, which is subtlety. Mm. I like how they turned Jamie hater face and she just came out of the face entrance one week and she was a face. There was no mm. like big to do about it. It's like, she's getting cheered. Have her come out of the face entrance. Okay. She's a face now. It's kind of what they did with, um, FTR.
1: Yeah. Um, the thing I was going to say, uh, in defense of, of North American, stuff is look no it it's not as good it, it's just women's wrestling is just it's not as good but it also historically has not been treated that way no, there has Mula, been no Mula
0: yeah. said it back
1: yeah there's been no push to make women's wrestling good for there there hadn't been for a long time. And yes, that did a disservice to a lot of very capable women.
0: Yeah, go watch who, um, Go to the Chicago Archive on YouTube and look up some of the women's matches on there from the 50s. And they're working just like the men are. Before like Moolah got control of the whole industry of the women's wrestlers.
1: Yeah. So it's. It is unfortunate um, that. That that's what the case is, but you know what are you going to do? It, it they have not been in a place to have that kind of success.
0: No, because they were they were um, they were a special attraction like through the seventies and the eighties. Like they were, you know, up until a certain point, you treated the women like you did the midgets. Like you just brought them in for big shows, or if you wanted to pop a house, it's like, hey, we got women women's wrestlers for the novelty of it.
1: Yeah you know we're doing uh, uh like there's nobody remembers the Wendy Richter thing when when they should but you know the that that original screw job kind of stuff
0: yeah definitely so then um so we have my my last one for the night and um I probably shouldn't have put this one on here cuz it's taking a shot at WWE but I really despise and I mean, absolutely despise the 30-minute WWE promos.
1: <clears throat> Brad, give me just a second. I have to do this, okay? Okay. I mean, where's the lie? And that was the appropriate response.
0: Yes. Because <laughs> that's the thing with, like, old TV, though, is, like, the, those really memorable things that that you absolutely love and, like, still, like, resonate 30 years later mm-hmm. most of those segments were at max five minutes
1: they were short enough to stay punchy
0: yep like um like piper hitting like breaking the coconut on mm-hmm. snook head that was like a two minute thing like those old piper pits that it, everyone it loves it is like two minutes two three minutes sometimes five
2: minutes mm-hmm.
0: what were you gonna say matt
2: i Back this year later, thirty five years later, the Dusty Rhodes Hard Times promo. not fucking thirty minutes long. No. How long was that promo? I am sure if I look like pull up a clip what? on YouTube right now of it, it's probably like five minutes or less. Let me look.
0: I bet it's gonna be four minutes and forty five seconds. You guys wanna take a bet while I'm looking mm-hmm. it
1: up? The pro like the section the, the segment itself is longer, but the promo is not.
0: See Dusty Rhodes hard times on the WWE network or the WWE YouTube three minutes and 32 seconds.
1: There it is. I mean, it's a crime and the crime shame of it is this all came out of the attitude era stuff. Yeah, like it, it didn't need to. And yet here we are, is is now we got – the fact of the matter uh, is uh, it's what's best for business. Uh, and yes, I'm taking a Triple H shot there because he was one of the worst offenders of it. Oh, he was mm. terrible. Oh, my god. Yeah, every Raw was starting with a 30-minute tri- – it felt like they were starting with a 30-minute Triple H promo. Yeah. And
0: it's like, I don't care. And it's bad because – they train their fans to be like, oh, well, I can come in a half hour later. Well, I can go away like for halfway through this. And it it, led, it leads to the really bad thing that WWE still kind of does that AEW is actually smarter about. But Shad has said this numerous times, like when we've talked about like things we don't like in WWE, like you get the real feeling that every Monday night. After about the first 30 minutes, everyone in the back is like, oh, thank God we have a main event for tonight because we forgot to book one again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Over and over and over again. It's like, well, did we have a main event tonight? What did we have booked? What was it? Did anybody got a poster? And then, no? Boy, I hope somebody's mad about something.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What the hell, guys? Yeah. I just... I just... and. It just, I don't need that much talking. No, you, you talk too much. You never
1: shut up. It, there's a reason it's a botchamania segment. You know, that
0: it, it's a, it's a running gag for a reason. It's like when you're wrestling a job guy and this can be even in a, like your po podunkiest indie promotion. If you're wrestling a jobber, People don't want to see you wrestle that jobber for eight to ten minutes. They just want you to kill them and get it over with.
1: Yeah. Even even if you're going to give the guy a little bit, you don't make it go very long. You know, there there was one guy I did that. They had me work with this guy so many times. And, you know, it. I didn't want to just kill the guy because he was nice enough. So what I did was I'd just be like, yeah, give you a little bit, not a yeah, yeah, we can do that, and then you know I'm just gonna finish off, and you know so he got a little bit of offense, and then he uh, you know then we we ended the ended the thing, and like away it, we went.
0: I think the most egregious one we watched was um Italian stallion versus Bam Bam Bigelow.
1: Wait, was that uh, Tom Brandy? Or was that uh, a different... No, uh, that was... Remember, that name? was that
0: Raw we watched going into the Lawrence Taylor Bam Bam, and it was Gary Sabo, who was the Italian Stallion.
1: Okay, I couldn't remember.
0: And um, it was just like... It was like a five-minute match, but Bam Bam was like taking offense from a jobber. Yeah. And like bumping for him.
1: Yeah. Which, going into the big match he was going into, he shouldn't have done.
0: No. And like if it, then there's different stages of jobbers too. Like if you're if you're wrestling like let's say Coco Beware, who's not a jobber, he's a jobber to the stars. But if you're if you're wrestling him, yeah, you need to have some back and forth and give him hope spots because that's what people want. But yeah. if you're wrestling like, um. Joe from Pittsburgh that is not even going to get an entrance on TV and is going to be lucky if they even remember to make like a Chiron for him for TV. Like that guy needs to be gone in like four minutes at most.
1: That is that guy is the, uh, the subject of a um, K Trevor Wilson bit. So this is the, you get the worst en- you get the worst entrance in wrestling Already in the ring. And then you've got like one, maybe two names. That's it. Yeah. You know you're getting – you're just getting wrecked. Yeah. Like that. that's what you're there for is to get wrecked. And, Unless and I, you're Mike Bell and then you try and go over on Perry Saturn and you get your ass beat.
0: Yeah. But like <laughs> um, I hate to use it because I like her and we posted on message boards with her back in the day. But um, Nicole at Matthews AEW – um debut is how you handle that type of jobber
1: she deserved better yeah um but with what they gave her then yeah i wish they hadn't but
0: yeah but that's that's kind of what you want you don't i mean she deserved better she should i don't know why they they used her for that but um okay but yeah, those those are my pet peeves. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts about said peeves?
1: Well, I agree with you on. on let me look down this real quick. There, this, it's some of these. Well, I mean, they're they're your list of pet peeves, so they don't bother, you know. Obviously, they don't bother me as much. I don't disagree with you on on most of them. I was thinking about it while you guys were talking about the, the women's wrestling thing. And I think it was, if I remember correctly, was when we had Duke Allstriker on, he was talking about the Mark stuff. He I think, if I remember correctly, he was talking about a very specific kind of fan. You know, the 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 one who like wholeheartedly believes every it's not even the it's still real to me guy, like wholeheartedly believes everything they see kind of fan. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he was using it for. I'd have to go back and listen, but...
0: Yeah, it's I think been that's a long time. Nice.
1: Um, But, and the self-aware epic thing doesn't bother me as much until it gets, like, really egregious, but...
0: Um, I was still a little burned from when NXT was doing that, like, all the time.
1: I mean, mm-hmm. after you did Gargano-Ciampa, and you had this, frankly, barn burner of a match that, you know... Really should have been the end of the feud, and they're like, "But we're doing it again." Well, and they, I was like, "Yeah, why?"
0: They booked that match backwards. Like they did that a couple times in NXT, and it pissed me off every time.
1: They it there there was after that first match that should have been over. Yeah, because
0: and done. the face won clean in a regular match, and then like the endings got dumber and more convoluted as they went. Like they did they did it backwards, and it was just stupid.
1: Yeah, there was there was. Not a good reason to do that. Yeah. But most of these I agree with you on. I mean, they're, they're frustrating. The 30 minute promo is like, you know, God kill. Me. Even at its worst, I would still go to Nitro during those because I could not give a shit. Yeah. If it was a 30 minute opening promo.
0: And that was an uh, Austin and Rock and like Vince were doing it. I just would get bored.
2: Mm hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I agree with you on a lot of them. It's uh, some of them to me come off as like lazy trope kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then some of them are just, you know, straight up bad. So no argument here.
2: Uh, I generally agree with pretty much all of these. Uh, there are a lot of things that I kind of that do your pet peeves. Like th- some of those things like do it kind of annoy me. Um, I'm I'm probably more or less passionate about some things. Like the whole again, the whole like what I described as like self masturbatory NXT style, uh, that that really annoys me. Um and i I find it like kind of annoying again, like the women's wrestling versus Joshi wrestling. Uh and I'm I say that as someone who's like just like the last couple of years gotten more into Joshi wrestling. But well, I think where I think where that's
0: really <laughs> starting to bother me is um <sighs> And and, and Cornette's fans are kind of leading the charge on this, but there's, there's getting to be like a real touch of racism in there too.
2: Oh, that that's, that's a whole other separate discussion, but it really is like messed up that Riho. we mentioned her on the podcast tonight, but she basically, uh, deleted her, her Twitter account or is off her Twitter account. Uh, and everyone, when it happened, like people were like, "Whoa, well, what that? What happened? Like, what? Why? Why did she delete her Twitter?" And she like posted something on IG, and afterwards, like people like were were commenting favorably, and she was like, "Wow, I didn't realize like so many people like were were fans and like really cared about me." And it's like. No, actually, Riho is someone who has a lot of fans like she I think she even like moves numbers in terms she does. of ratings in AEW. She was like for a
0: while. I, I mean, they didn't use her as much, but like in the early days, like her and Jungle mm-hmm. Boy were like the two biggest ratings movers. Yeah. And I think she
2: the fact that they were when they do use her and they've used her more recently, like she actually does like do well in the ratings like she and she's quite popular with the AEW fan base.
0: That mess she had with Serena Deeb on like one of the pre-shows was
2: killer. No, it's she's a good worker. Yeah, yeah it, and and she, it, she does make a difference in AEW stuff so and just in general, like she's a good talent. So it's like you should use the really good talents, uh, especially so if they actually like help you in the ratings or they're popular with the fans. Point is like she deleted her Twitter because it's like she was getting so much hate, and really it's it's driven by Jim Cornette. I mean, he's he and his fans are constantly making like really shitty comments about the about Joshi workers in general. There's a but they've made it about uh, Riho. I saw a dude on Twitter today like posting stuff, I not like his actual thread. It's like but it, it's screen caps that people took. Like people were like bolt like shitting on Joshi workers. They were shitting on first off, they were shitting on like Maki Ito. Uh and like I guess her like wrestling attire it's like oh yeah looks like what they like they wear over there it's like yeah one wants to dress like it. she's like a teenage girl and it's like that's not at all like how she's dressed she's dressed like a japanese idol but someone it, commented yeah about it's,
0: it, it's it's amazing what um how people in different cultures dress differently yeah right Someone oh sorry can like, you hear me rolling my fucking eyes right now
2: <laughs> someone referenced riho and this this poster who started this whole thing was like, well, Riho's underage anyway. It's like, what? Like, you don't need to even know that much about Riho. I certainly am not a Riho expert. I I don't know her life story, but I know enough that, like, she's well into her 20s. It's like she's not underage. It's like it, acting like she's underage
0: to you, perpetuate the whole Jim Cornette can...
2: thing that that. People like uh, Cody, Kenny Omega is like a pedophile. If you take once upon a time, he did a match with like an underage girl.
0: If you take one look at her, she like she is small, but like she's obviously a mature like like woman in the face and stuff like she's obviously not a kid. If you look
2: at her Uh, as an aside, I will have to say, like, I, I personally have not really cared for Jim Ross and AEW. Uh, and I don't I he might be giving leeway, but people have noticed and maybe it's something that Tony Khan should address. Uh, Jim Ross does not need to mention every time Riho is there, how petite she is and how she only weighs like 95 pounds. Yeah, I know. it's to the point where she it's it's noticed on Twitter, like every time he does it, which is like every time she appears, uh, people will be like he's doing it again. <laughs>
0: I don't think he's. I don't think he's doing it as a slight, but I think he's like stuck on it, and someone needs to just say, "Hey, stop, stop saying that." Yeah.
1: It well. I mean, because
0: you can, you can, you can say things like, you know, "Hey, she might be the smallest woman in the division, but she's like, you know, the most skilled." Blah, blah, blah. Like, there's, there's ways you can acknowledge it without, like.
1: Ross has for so long been on the talking about you know the the physical pedigree of people in the ring kind of stuff that i can very easily see how uh this could come up very naturally for him it, it's not even like oh you know she's a little girl thing it's just a like you know uh you know here we are this is what you're looking at this person is is you know, this size and going out there and doing this uh, sort of stuff. Yeah, he did and, it with
0: Pillman. Like, we we were yeah. just annoyed at Ventura for kind of low-key burying him for being too small, and Ross was actually like, no, he, you know, fucking played college football. Like, stop mm-hmm. being stupid.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it's it's not so much a, um, you know, it's not so much a, It. it, it Given who it's about, I think is what I'm trying to say. Given who it's about, it stands out more. Yeah. But yeah. it's just kind of been a a Jim Rossism. Yeah. Know, for a while.
0: I think um, my annoyance though is so the cult of Cornette. Um, Neanderthals are a big part of it, but there's even with the people that are hyper obsessed with like North American women's wrestling on Twitter, there's like um there is like a a very intentional, like, snubbing of all oh, Joshi workers and kind of like talking down to them that strikes me as like a real streak of racism. But like, she's like the trifecta, I think, of um, uh, for Cornette people, though. Is like one, she's a woman, two, she's not white, and three, she's a foreigner. So I think that's why they get why she gets their ire so much.
1: Maybe so. It's I don't know. It it, it bothers me. There, no, there's,
0: there's there's there's
1: people who are are who are friends of mine that are, are so much on the Cornet bandwagon that I'm just I, I I sit there and I I see them start going on about the stuff and I bite my tongue because I'm just like this is really it's not going to help you know arguing on the internet's never beneficial. I just, but I'm I so.
0: He's like a Rorschach test to me now though. It's like what can he say that's finally like over one of your lines like cuz you know he hits and I mean I I honestly think the worst part is they're doing a lot of this for like money which makes yeah. it worse for me because I um I think um this is going to be controversial probably but like, if if you're, like, legitimately just a racist asshole, like, okay, whatever. But it's like, no, I just play a racist asshole for money. Like, I kind of think that's worse than just being a racist asshole.
1: It's, um, it's a phrase I'm looking for. I have been convinced for a long time that that's been, um, that it, it's Cornet's gimmick at this point. Yeah,
0: and I think that, the gimmick's gotten away from him.
1: Yeah, cuz he can't not do the gimmick now. If he if he stops doing the gimmick, then he loses the fans that he's got and that's you know how he's making money now.
0: I just I just don't understand how anyone can still like him though because like it's just even even if you forgave him for one or two missteps like it's almost weekly now that he's saying some like just horrendous like shit. Yeah. And it's just, it's tiresome, like... Yeah. It's like, like, it's just, it's just like, do you really, do you just really need, like, do you really just need him to, like, fill, like, one of your homophobic, like, racist, misogynistic, you know, just insert whatever here for him to, like, fill for you this week. I just don't, I don't, I don't get it.
1: I don't either. I don't get it. I don't like it. Like I, I used to be a defender of his saying, you know, the guy understood the, the framework of the business, but it's gotten to the point now. It's like, well, I, why I don't want to take up for him anymore. No. Why would, why
0: would I? That's when people are like, well, like in his fan base is trying to gaslight saying it wasn't them. And it's like, well, why would we do that? It's like, because you are a bunch of assholes that. Cause you know, you've been doing it. Yeah.
1: Because this isn't new.
0: You're a bunch of people that don't know how to live in modern society anymore and figured out how to use social media.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like you're 4chaners without that sense of irony to you.
1: (laughs) That's a hell of a way to put it.
0: Yeah. But now I'm just done with it. I just. I. Like, I mention him just because he's, like, an integral part of, like, wrestling and he's had good insight over the years but like i don't i don't want to listen to him anymore just because he's like such a hateful person
2: yeah it, it be like oh it's a gimmick it's a, okay well the gimmick is like old now it's old. yeah mm-hmm. What's uh, like, i don't it's not like it's not a pleasant gimmick
0: but i mean no. I, but i mean the thing is though is they say that though but like Would you give anyone else like if some guy just had a podcast and he ran it about like Jewish people for 40 minutes a week and it was like, well, no, that's just my gimmick. Would would anyone else get away with that? No, that's that's what I don't. It's.
1: It's it's gross. I mean, that's that's just the best. Term I can use. It's just gross.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like I need to take a shower after hearing him talk a lot of times.
1: And it's it it's a shame because like I said, you know, it used to be that you could get some good insight out of the guy, but yeah. So, uh, I think that'll about wrap us up on this one. Uh, I don't think we're missing anything. Are we guys?
0: No, I don't think Pretty so. Good here? Um, mm-hmm. Mania is after next week, right?
2: Yeah. Maybe it's not next week. It's the week after. Okay. Like right. First, okay. uh, first week in April.
0: We may talk about that. We may not. Like, I honestly, I don't care at all. Like I don't even care. Like they don't. There's not even any like indie shows enticing me this year during Mania weekend.
2: Uh, I'm gonna see what the, the the DCW the Collective what shows they do. Uh, I'm gonna I need to see like the lineups for those shows. And,
0: like, I might so. see what um Spring Break and Big Gay Brunch have on them. <laughs> yeah, th- those
2: are those are actually the two ones I was thinking about. Yeah. Uh, I'll see. I'll see if they. Do something interesting.
0: I have black Label Pro. Usually, like, does interesting stuff too.
2: That's true. Uh, I'll see what what shows they're doing, uh, and if it's like worth enough to get like a package. But if it's not that great, then yeah, maybe I'll just do like Spring Break, Big Gay Brunch. Yeah. Black Label. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for
1: joining us for another episode. Um, you agree with do you agree with Brad's pet peeves? Do you think we're on base? Do you think we're missing something? We'd love to hear from you on social media. Uh, I don't think we've nailed down what we're doing next week, but uh, yeah. No. We will be back next I'll week. The,
0: I'll get the chicken head so it can choose.
1: <laughs> you to throw in the bag of holding and see what it comes out with? Yes. All right. So everybody out there, thank you for joining us for this episode. We appreciate you being here with us. And so this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we will catch you next time.